Scripture reading this morning will be coming from Hebrews chapter 6, verses 18 and 19. Hebrews chapter 6, verses 18 through 19. And it reads, That by two immutable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we might have strong consolation, who have fled for refuge to lay hold of the hope set before us. This hope we have is an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which enters the presence behind the veil. morning. It's good to see you today. I want you to know how much, how much we appreciate each of you. It's been a really tough week. I apologize for being so emotional. I had a lesson planned, and I made a change. I wanted to talk for a few minutes today about our anchor. You know, three weeks ago, today, our lives were good. And it seems like just within the past few days, a lot of things have unraveled. As you know, we went to Campbell Clinic on Thursday. And Nancy's been diagnosed with a very aggressive form of cancer. And we know it's going to be an uphill battle. She has grade three breast cancer. And it has spread to the lymph node. Uh, the doctor said possibly in other areas. So hopefully we'll know more this Tuesday. What we're going through is not unlike anything some of you have already been through. It's not unlike what a lot of people have been through. We're no different than anyone else. And we, like you, have our own battles. And so I want to think for just a few minutes about our anchor, really the anchor of our soul. The passage that was read a minute ago talks about the anchor of our soul, both sure and steadfast. And I don't know how this thing's going to play out. Nancy and I have had a lot of time to talk and to reflect, to pray. And she said, you know, if whatever happens, I'm good with it. And so I got to thinking about you know, in tough times, you have to have an anchor, don't you? Our anchor is rooted in God and His promises. And I believe in the faithfulness of God 
And I believe that no matter what happens, we're going to be okay. That God's grace will get us through whatever we face in this life. However difficult this road may be. There are a lot of passages that talk about God as our anchor, as our hope. You know, there are times in life when things don't look so good. There's not a lot of hope. But our hope is rooted in God. And so there are some passages I just want to share with you. And maybe more than anything, these passages, they help me. And I hope they help you. In Psalm 56, many, many years ago, David poured his heart out to God. And David said, whenever I am afraid, I will trust in you. David, as you well know, experienced a lot of trials and difficulties in this life. And there were times in his life when, no doubt, he felt as if maybe things weren't going to turn out so well. But he acknowledges that his trust was in God, despite his fears. And so, to recognize that there is a God in whom we can trust... Solomon said many years ago, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not unto your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will direct your paths. And so, as I think about that anchor and all the great promises of God and the faithfulness of God, I know that whatever we face in this life, that we have the assurance of God's presence because we trust Him. And God said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So God will be with us when we face the storms of life and tough times. And if this life were to end today, to know that the Lord will be with us when we cross the Jordan. David said many years ago, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. We can count on the presence of God. And the great promises that He has set forth in His Word. David said in Psalm 56, You put my tears in your bottle." It's encouraging to know that when we cry, when we weep because of the things that we experience in this life, that there is a God in heaven who's mindful of that and who is a God of comfort and who will console us. You know, Paul said that we serve a God of all comfort and a Father of all mercies. I believe that. And I believe that the anxieties and the trials that we experience, God knows about them. And God is there with us 
and He's for us. Because David said in Psalm 56, This I know, God is for me. So God's on our side, and that's a wonderful thought. It's encouraging to know that we have a God who will stand beside the promises that He has set forth in His Scripture. In Psalm 57, David said, Be merciful to me, O God. Be merciful to me, for my soul trusts in you. And then, listen to him in verse 2. In the shadow of your wings I will make my refuge until these calamities are past. In other words, I'm going to find my refuge in God until the difficult days have blown over. Back in Psalm 46, the psalmist in the long ago said, God is a refuge in strength, a very present help in trouble. In light of that fact, he said, therefore, we will not fear. And so to face life with fears, yes, but to the best of our ability to face those fears fearlessly. So I think about God as our anchor. And then God's Word. To read in Scripture over and over again and to know that we are not the only ones who've ever suffered in this life. That the world in which we live is a world of heartache and trial and suffering. It all began in the Garden of Eden. And Satan, as the great adversary of man, is the one responsible for bringing death into this world. And not just death, but disease and sickness and illness. If anything, there's just been a proliferation of the problems that began in the garden. And ultimately, the reason goes back to one word. It's called sin. And so we have to battle the consequences of sin. But I can read about people like David, as I said a moment ago. I said to Nancy this past week, I said, you know, Job in the long ago made this statement, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Job faced a lot of difficulties and trials in this life. And Job had been knocked to the canvas, literally, in so many ways. And yet his trust remained in God. And James would say in James chapter 5, you have heard the patience of Job. And so I can look back at the life of Job, and I'm reminded of the difficulties he faced and the trust that he had in God and to understand the Lord didn't forsake him, nor will he forsake us. There's a lot of power in God's Word, a lot of comfort. I can read about the sufferings of the Apostle Paul and the difficulties that he faced in this life. 
I remember in 2 Corinthians chapter 12 when he talked about his thorn in the flesh that had been given unto him to buffet him. He said it was a messenger of Satan. And he said he besought, he prayed to God three times that God would remove it. And God said, my grace is sufficient for you. I can learn from that. And I can appreciate the fact that God's grace is what got him through the difficulties he faced in this life. And I believe that God's grace will see us through to the other side. And so I'm grateful for that. I'm also grateful for the privilege of prayer. To know that there is a God in heaven who's willing to hear our prayers. You remember James asked this question, is anyone among you sick? His response to that was, let him pray. I believe in the power of prayer. I'm grateful for the privilege of prayer. I know James said, the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. There is so much power in prayer. And I'm grateful that there is a God to whom we can turn. David in Psalm 55. David said, Evening, morning, and noon will I pray and cry aloud. The beauty of that is, he said, and he will hear my voice. The Hebrew writer said in Hebrews chapter 4, Let us therefore draw boldly unto the throne of grace to know that we can go before the throne of God and we can express in a very candid way where we are in this life and our hurts and heartaches and sorrows and trials and our fears. And the Bible assures us that we will find mercy and grace to help in our time of need. I believe that. And I believe that no matter what comes our way, God will get us through it. And so I'm thankful for the privilege and the power. James said, the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Jesus said that men ought to always pray and not faint, not grow discouraged. It's easy to get discouraged and dismayed with the things that happen in this life. And I get it. You know, sometimes we take certain things for granted, don't we? You know, we take our physical blessings for granted. We take our material blessings for granted. And there are occasions in life when we get that jolt that reminds us ultimately of what's really important. I've often thought, despite all of our accomplishments and all the achievements in this life, when it's all said and done, we're still people who are mortal, aren't we? And so we are reminded of our mortality, that we're not going to get out of this world alive unless Jesus comes first. That man born of woman is a few days and full of trouble. I don't know how many lessons I've preached about trials and troubles and difficulties. Nancy was reminding me yesterday 
something that I had said on more than one occasion. And when we preach and teach, we're trying to encourage and persuade. Sometimes we try to comfort. But ultimately, when it's all said and done, we have to practice what we preach, don't we? And so, some of the very things that I have said in the past, it's time for us to practice in this life. And then I think about another anchor that we have, and that is God's people. God's people are the greatest people in the world. The cards, the text, the words of encouragement, I can't put into words. I can't tell you how much it means to us to know that you're praying for us, that you are an encouragement. Last night, Nancy said, or maybe it was Friday night, she said, we're where we need to be because of the church here. And I'm grateful to have a church family. I don't know how folks make it without God and without His people on their side. When I read of the early church, I hear the Apostle Paul talking about how we rejoice with those who rejoice and we weep with those who weep. I know what Paul meant when he said we bear one another's burdens and we fulfill the law of Christ. I believe that. And I want you to know how much we appreciate. We appreciate you from the bottom of our hearts. Your friendship and the prayers that you offer on our behalf we do not take that lightly. Your words of encouragement. Solomon said many years ago, a word fitly spoken is like apples of gold and pictures of silver. Sometimes it's just the right word at the right time. And then our anchor is in the promises of Almighty God. When we met with the oncologist on Thursday, he said that the form of chemotherapy, because of the type of cancer that Nancy has, there are limited options. And so the type of chemotherapy is called Red Devil. And it is a brutal chemotherapy. And we know what, we know how tough it's going to be. But at the same time, we'll fight. And if we don't win the fight, we still win. I believe that no matter what happens, all will be well. I don't want to say goodbye to anybody. I understand 
what we're up against. But I know that as she said, whatever happens, I'm good with. If, if things don't go like we want them, we take comfort in knowing she'll be in the hands of God. I believe what Peter said, that we have an inheritance it is incorruptible, undefiled, and it fades not away. And it's reserved for us in heaven. I believe the words of Jesus when He said, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in Me. In My Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. But I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I'll come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Please don't take what I've said to mean that I feel we're defeated before we begin. I don't believe that. I believe in the providential care of God. I believe in the power of prayer. And I believe in the promises of God. And so all I'm saying is the worst case scenario, my loss will be her gain. And so I pray that we can be strong, courageous, and meet head-on what's coming our way. It's like standing on the railroad tracks and a locomotive is bearing down. And if you don't get off the tracks, you're going to get hit. I know what we're up against. But at the same time, I'm grateful. I see Brother Bill Miller. Brother Bill had bone cancer. Fought it and won. So I know that it can be beaten. This was really not the lesson that I prepared to preach today. And maybe what's been said has been more helpful to me than to you. You know, sometimes you just need to verbalize how you feel. And I want you to know, thank you for everything. Thank you for your friendship and thank you for your prayers. And so, that being said, I want to encourage you to please savor every day. Make the most of the time that you have while on earth. You live every day to the fullest and you tell the people that are closest to you how much you appreciate them and love, and love them. And you live for God day in and day out and you be faithful to Him because He's always faithful. It might be that you're here today and you're not a Christian. 
to obey the gospel of Christ. Listen, the most important thing you can do is become a child of God and to live for Him day in and day out. If you haven't done that, I want to encourage you to do what they did on Pentecost Day, to believe Jesus is the Son of God, to repent of your sins, to be baptized into Christ and let Him put you in the church. And then you be faithful until death, knowing that there is a crown. It's called a crown of life, and it's waiting on you. If you're here today, and let's just say that you're not where you ought to be spiritually. I want to encourage you to think about your relationship to God. And I want you to think about where you want to be in eternity. God's willing to forgive. And God wants you to be with Him in heaven one day. And the record says that God is faithful and just to forgive those who turn from sin. Confess your faults one to another. Pray one for another. Would you pray with me? Our Father in heaven, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the church here. For all the wonderful people. And Father, we pray that you would bless us with strength and courage when we face tough times in this life. And Father, may we rely upon your promises, having confidence that your Son's blood will do what you said it would do. And Father, we pray that as we reflect upon our own lives, that we would recognize the importance of trusting you, come what may. We pray for all who are sick and suffering. We pray for all who stand in need of our prayers this hour. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I want to close by saying this. As Nancy and I talked this week, she said, you know, I'm good if I've got four months, one year, two years, five years, ten years. Whatever happens, I'm good with. God can use this for His glory. So, sometimes when we face tough times, there can be good things that come out of it. Thank you for listening so patiently today. Thank you for your compassion, your love, your kindness. Thank you for everything. Today, if you need to respond in any way to the gospel, our prayer is that you would do so as we stand and sing.